0: And we're back with vaccine researcher, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, Ontario, announcing that they will allow symptomatic COVID testing in neighborhood pharmacies. Uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, there's a lot of talk, a lot of debate about this. Uh, Is this safe? Uh, Is this a good idea?
1: Is it safe or is it a good idea? I think we have to weigh out the pros and cons of if we do it versus if we don't do it understand that there are tremendous barriers for people to get tested right now. The cost is one of those barriers, but finding where the location is, booking in, getting there, you know, waiting for the test results, all of these are barriers. So this is the bigger question, like where is the greater risk? Is it in not offering the tests or is it in offering the tests at pharmacies? Without any doubt, it's pretty scary to think that somebody with symptoms, A sore throat, a fever, a person who has had a known contact, a high risk contact, walks into the pharmacy. True, they're wearing the mask and pharmacies are supposed to do great things to make sure that they get out of there fast. They're wearing the mask. They're only there for that. Now, is that realistic? Is that going to happen? Probably not. But they're promising that the person doing the testing is gonna be wearing all the proper PPE, the social distancing, the hand sanitizer will be there along with the HEPA air filtration. But will it be enough to prevent other people like vulnerable elderly people who are picking up prescriptions or kids like from getting the disease, will it be enough? We really don't know the answer to that question. We okay. know that there are significant barriers to testing now, that's for sure.
0: So what sort of safeguards should be put in place in neighborhood pharmacies then? Because uh, you're absolutely right. We know uh, that this is uh, mostly, you know, uh, aerosol uh, disease. It's a uh, spread through the uh, air. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, you're right, immune compromised and others worried maybe now about going into their local uh, pharmacy, not knowing uh, what's in the air.
1: Even with even without that kind of testing. You know, we're just as of yesterday, we were only doing testing for people who are asymptomatic. But guess what? Half of the time, Delta in kids is asymptomatic. Some 40 percent are asymptomatic or so-called pre-symptomatic, you know, so they were coming in anyway. But now the difference is that there's a much greater likelihood that they actually have the disease. So hopefully wearing the masks, the proper PPE, PPE, the personal protective equipment will make a difference. Now, pharmacies are doing this in private rooms and people are asked to leave after having been tested. But will that be enough? I'm frightened by it, but I'm also frightened by the prospect of not having these individuals tested at all which in fact does go on the scales of justice here. You can't say everybody's going to have access to the testing easily. This will, without any doubt, expand access to testing tremendously. I worry about those doing the testing. I worry about their incredible workloads as it is. Don't forget, COVID-19 has added a tremendous amount of work to the pharmacists, to the pharmacy assistants. Who's even talking about that? And I don't know how many listeners have tried phoning their pharmacy to have a conversation. That's virtually impossible now because they are running their pills off.
0: Mm-hmm. Is the best solution, is it home testing, home tests and uh, making those available to all?
1: Well, this is it. Home tests are one of the things that the that the pharmacy is supposed to be accepting. Like So in, in this brave new world, we're expanding it to pharmacies and offering home tests. My big question is, where are people going to get them? Are they going to be free of cost? You know, are they a good idea? Absolutely. But the numbers in that community have to be high enough. If the numbers are super low, it doesn't make sense to be giving out lots of tests. But where the numbers are high enough, absolutely. You want to max out on the testing. But right now, there are very significant barriers to getting that test.
0: All right. Now, remaining uh, minutes here uh, this afternoon on this uh, Wednesday, I know, Dr. Gorfinkel, you wanted to address and talk about uh, the price of prescriptions, since we're talking about uh, pharmacies and uh, drugs here, uh, the cost of drugs and uh, what that uh, cost is to a patient, and whether or not doctors who are prescribing those drugs know that, or is that sort of a, a consideration uh, when they're seeing a patient?
1: Well, this is the sad truth. Most physicians have little awareness of what drugs cost, and that's not right. Not only is it not right for the system as a whole, because, you know, so much of the prescription costs are actually provincial costs, but it's also wrong to the individual patient who is faced with paying out of pocket. So that conversation needs to happen in a doctor's office. The doctor needs to be aware of how much drugs cost so that... Patients can then go to the pharmacy and not be shocked at the sticker price. And we know that happens. According to the American Medical Association, cost is the number two reason for not filling prescriptions. Consider that it's the number two line item cost in all of healthcare. So this matters and it matters a lot. Has COVID bankrupted OHIP? Maybe, you know, it certainly costed a tremendous amount so isn't it that much more important that doctors know how much a drug prescription costs so that we can then be empowered to provide prescriptions that are affordable and cost effective?
0: Yeah. How do you balance, only got about a minute here, but how do we balance affordability, cost effectiveness with uh, what it costs a company when it comes to research and development and the you know hundreds of millions of dollars sometimes they pour into research to uh, get to find this drug in the first place?
1: Well, this is it. I mean, if we consider that, you know, when we're talking about common drugs, doctors are often left with asking, I can give a drug that's cheaper or a drug that's more expensive. And the outcomes are basically the same. You know, so 90% of the drugs that come out from big pharmaceutical companies are basically copycat drugs. They're, in other words, they're just another product, another brand of chocolate, another brand of milk, another brand of bread. That's basically what it is. It doesn't represent anything brand new. But doctors need to be aware of how much drugs cost to make sure that what we give is the most cost effective. For example, if I give a drug called venlafaxine, that's just for depression. It's a common antidepressant. You know, that drug is can be literally 10% of a drug called desvenlafaxine, 10 times the price. I'm not joking. Same drug same outcomes. Why am I prescribing one over the other? So I want you to think about that in terms of what that would mean for the entire formulary of drugs. Like it's kind of a disaster, Mm -hmm. right? I need to know how much a drug costs at the point that I'm prescribing.
0: All right, listen, a very important uh, discussion, and we're only scratching the surface on this to be continued uh, for sure. Dr. Gorfinkel, appreciate the time as always, and we'll talk again next Wednesday.
1: Many thanks, Jeff. It's always a pleasure.
0: Likewise. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel with us here on Global News Radio.